Let's open our Bibles today to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. We will uh, say that one more time, Lord willing, next week. And we are working our way through this Old Testament book of Malachi in a series that we are calling Namesake. And throughout this uh, passages of Scripture and Malachi, we continue to see God's desire for His name to be great through the witness of those who bear His name. Uh, he is in a covenant relationship in the uh, book of Malachi with the Israelites. And he expects that by them being his people that they will reflect who he is. And it plays out in our life as followers of Jesus Christ, as his children, as those who bear his name. That uh, for his name's sake, our lives will reflect who he is. Uh, there's something new that has been introduced into so many of our homes and lives uh, you know her or you know it. I'm not sure exactly what to uh, classify it as. But you would know her or know it as Alexa. And I'm holding in my hand this morning uh, what we are beginning to learn is a, an echo, an echo dot. Now it's a crazy thing, isn't it, what these echo dots will do. Some things can be funny about it some things can actually be sort of creepy about it the truth is is that when we speak to this little box uh, if we address it as Alexa we get answers uh, they she hears us and she responds but it goes beyond that and what we're also learning that maybe we did not realize when we first brought this little box into our home is that the Echo Dot, Alexa, if you will, is always listening. Always listening. And that's the reports that we're hearing, is that when this device is plugged in in our home and it's synced up with our, our, our environment, our world, our digital devices, that it is always listening. Uh, I, I think about that and I... I think it is sort of creepy. I mean, it's so strange to me that in my home I can be talking to uh, my wife or talking to one of the kids about a recipe for the world's greatest steak. You know, what would it take for us to cook the world's greatest steak? And then the next 15 commercials that pop up on my digital devices have something to do with uh, buying a brand new grill. And, and you're like, wait, somebody is listening. Someone's always listening. Well, today what we find in God's word is that long before the echo dot came into existence, that God himself has always been listening. God hears our words and our words matter. Uh, two things that we learn today from Malachi chapter 3 is that God hears our words. He's not some passive, uninvolved, distant God. God is involved in a way that he hears what we say. He hears our words. That's who he is. That's what he does. And secondly, not only does God hear our words, but those words mean something. 
those words mean something. Those words reveal something. Those words tell us something. And today I want to speak to you for a few minutes about God's response to our words. God's response to our words. Malachi chapter 3, we find that God continues to engage the people about how they're living bearing his name. And most of what we hear in the book of Malachi is a rebuke from God about how they're living, about how they're representing him, or we should say how they're misrepresenting him. And we find that throughout this book of Malachi that God addresses a rebuke to them in regards to their worship. We find that he addresses a rebuke to them in regards to how they keep their wedding vows. We find that God issues a rebuke to them in how they're using their wealth. And again today, like we saw a couple of weeks ago, we find that God is addressing a rebuke to them in the way they use their words. Now last week we looked at how God uh, audited their wealth. Basically how they were using their wealth to honor his name. Uh, Today there's another kind of audit that happens and that is God audits our words. God audits our words. They reveal like When we track our money, we find our heart. The truth is also that when you track our words, you find our heart. And we find that our words are not first formed in our mouth. They are first formed in our heart. They reveal who we are. They reveal what we believe, what we think, what what we Love. Let's look here in Malachi chapter 3 and see God's response to their words and apply it to God's response to our words. Beginning in verse 13, Malachi chapter 3. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said, this God responds, you have said, it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. Verse 16, then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. So let me answer this question with you today. How does God respond to our words? How does God respond to your words? God is always 
listening. Well, first of all, in Malachi chapter 3, we see that their words lead to his rebuke. Their words lead to his rebuke. In this particular instance, God first addresses in verse 13 that he hears their words and he says, your words have been hard against me. He doesn't just say these are hard words and he doesn't just say that these are words against me. He says that your words are hard against me. It's a double descriptor here of their words. Uh, Hard in this case uh, would mean something strong, something forceful, something said with conviction, something that you basically believe. It's not just kind of a feeling, it's not just a mood, but these are hard in, like we might say, hard and fast. Uh, They are strong words, forceful words. And these hard words, strong, forceful words that they were speaking were words that were against God, opposed to God. They were words that misrepresented who he is, what he had been in their life, and the way they were using their words were against who he was. The people that God rebukes here shows it's a rebuke of how they spoke. How did they speak hard and against? That's how they spoke about God. It was, a, it was evidence of no fear of God. There wasn't a reverence in their words toward God. There wasn't an honor in their words toward God. There wasn't a respect in their words toward God. Uh, we can disagree with someone and, and, and speak still with a sense of reverence or a sense of uh, respect, a sense of honor in this case. Uh, They were speaking in a way that God says it's hard, it's against, and it's evidence that you do not fear who I am. It was how they spoke about him that God rebuked. But it was also what they spoke that God rebuked. How they spoke showed no evidence of a fear of God. What they spoke showed no evidence of an esteem for God. Uh, They had come to a point in their words where they did not value God for who he really was. Uh, They were not recognizing God's character and attributes. They no longer esteemed him. But they stood hard against him. We, we see how they spoke was hard and against. Well, what did they speak? We have a quote here. They asked the question, how have we spoken against you? Here's how. First of all, he said, you have said it is vain to serve God. The first thing that they were saying hard and against God was that to serve the Lord was a waste. They had made an assessment. They had looked around and they observed that in their life, their opinion was, it's vain. Serving God does not amount to anything. Serving God 
doesn't benefit us. Serving God is a, is a wasteful action in their opinion. So they says it's vain to serve God. What else had they said? What is the profit of our keeping his charge? Notice where their mind is going. Serving God is vain. It's, it's, waste, it's a wasteful exercise. It's an empty exercise. And the next thing they say is there's no profit in it. Their relationship with God had become based on whether or not they were getting anything out of that relationship. It was based on what's in it for me. What have you done for me lately? And we don't have to uh, go too far to know that in our own hearts we can be tempted to uh, let our minds and our words get to a point to where we look around and we say, is it vain to serve God? What, what's the benefit? And it would be a check in our heart today if we find ourselves using these, kind of, uh, these kinds of words. And he, he says, here's what you, you say. It's vain to serve God. You say there's no profit in it. And then look what they say. What is the profit of our keeping his charge? Or, here's the third thing, of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts. And, and this speaks right into the situation. They say it's vain to serve the Lord. And then their words say, there's no profit in serving the Lord. And then the third thing, they take the rebukes they've been hearing from Malachi, the messenger of God, and they say, why should we even repent? Why should we even turn back? Why should we return to the Lord? Because there seems to be no benefit, no profit in walking as in mourning. That's the description of, of a sinner's uh, remorse. It is, a, it is a description of someone that would be broken over their disobedience. And they're saying, why should we mourn? It just doesn't seem to make a difference. And, and then the fourth thing, it says, and now we call the arrogant blessed. They, they look around and, and they decide that who's really blessed in this world are those who respond arrogantly to the Lord. And they take it a step further and say the evildoers not only prosper, they're getting profit out of the way they're living. Not only that, they put God to the test and they escape. In other words, they live however they want to live and they get by with it. You ever felt like that? And it's an indictment, it's a search, it's a... It's, a, it's an examination of our heart that we could find ourselves in a position that our words are basically saying to the Lord at times, seems vain to serve you. There's no benefit to it. Why should I repent? Why should I come back? The arrogant are blessed. And, and it seems like the evil just keeps getting, keep getting by with it. It reminds me of Psalm 73 in Psalm 73, you have uh, the psalmist really saying a very similar thing to what those in Malachi are accused of. It says in Psalm 73, verse 3, uh, For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. 
For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongue stretched through the earth. Therefore his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. All in vain. Listen to what the psalmist says. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. It is this, this, it's the reoccurring temptation of the human heart to envy the wicked and to compare to others. And God rebukes them for those words. Here's what had happened. Temporary results around them were used to define an eternal God. Temporary results around them were used to define an eternal God. And they were basing who God was and what they thought about God, an eternal God, based on temporary earthly view. The philosophy of the people had become, I will do what you want, God, if you will do for me what I want. In other words, I'll serve you if there's profit in it. I'll serve you if um, there's benefit to it. I'll, I'll, I'll serve you if, um, if, if everything goes my way. Let me ask you this question. How do you talk to others about God? How do you talk to others about God? Literally. How do you talk to your friends about God? How do you talk to your kids about God? How do you talk to your spouse about God? Here's, here's, here may be the most important one of all. How do you talk to yourself about God? Is it possible that your words are these? You blame him. You accuse him. You doubt him. You question him. You misrepresent him. You mistake him. You slander him. You belittle him. That would be evidence of a heart and mind that no longer feared the Lord or esteemed him. What would be the opposite of that? If you fear the Lord and esteem him, when you talk to others about God, you would praise him. You would thank him. You'll believe him. You'll trust him. You'll honor him giving evidence that you fear and esteem him. God rebuked them for their words because of what it revealed about what they believe about him. Number two, their words also led to his remembrance. Their words also led to his remembrance. First, when he hears their words, they, they lead to his 
rebuke. But secondly, light. All of a sudden, light just burst on the scene in the book of Malachi. And for the first time, God acknowledges in a positive way a group of people that bear his name. We have a remnant. Right in the midst of four chapters of rebuke and coming judgment and change your ways and God saying, I love you, but you keep living in this way. When you come to verse 14, light explodes here. And there's this promise of remembrance that God says, now here's a people I'm going to remember. Here's a way of life that's going to be honored. Uh, here's a group of people that I want to celebrate forever. And, and look at it. In verse 16, it says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. What a, these are beautiful verses. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. What incredible words. You think about how we've worked our way through Malachi and there was such strong rebuke about how they worshipped him by offering less than their best. And then there was this strong rebuke about how they were handling their relationships and particularly their marriage relationships. And then we saw that, that in chapter 3 how they were actually wearying God. They were burdening God with their words. And then we, we see him rebuke them for the way they were giving or the lack of their giving. And then again, a rebuke for their words. And then it, boom, right here, it shows up. Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another and the Lord paid attention and he heard them. He said, I'm going to remember them. I'm going to put their names down in a book. I'm going to record their name. They shall be mine. First, notice this picture. It says they spoke with one another. You know what, what, what Malachi is describing here? Some people got together and talked about it. They had a meeting. They had a come to Jesus meeting, you could say. They had a come to God meeting. They got together and they encouraged one another. They spoke to one another. I believe that what you have here is a, is a literal description. And those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. That those who were hearing the rebuke of the Lord through the prophet Malachi. They, they come together. And they, and they, hold, each, they hold each other together. They, they lift each other up. They encourage one another. They, it's like a reminder. Hey. We're going to bear his name. We're not going to be counted among those that misrepresent God. We're not going to be those that break our vows. We're not going to be those that worship with less than our best. We're not going to be those who do not give our tithes and offerings. We're going to fear God. We're going to esteem God. And that group comes together. And it's the first positive sign of the, of the remnant in the Israelite people who are saying, we're going to go with God. Can I say this to you today? 
You need a group like that. You need a group like that. Earlier in the book of Malachi, there was a, a question. Uh, verse 10 of chapter 1, listen to it. I have it circled in red in my Bible. Chapter 1, verse 10, it says, Oh, that there were one among you. Oh, that there were one among you. And the good news breaks through in verse 16 of chapter 3. Not only was there one among them, but there was at least more than one. Was it two? Was it ten? Was it hundred? We don't know. It's those. Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. You need a group like that. Uh, one of the things that can happen in our walk with Christ and our relationship with the Lord is that, that not only will iron sharpen iron, but uh, hard hearts can dull other hearts. Uh, complaining hearts, grumbling hearts, murmuring hearts can be contagious and dishearten us and deflate us and disorient us and even deceive us into believing something very different than who God is and what God does. And teenagers, maybe watching this morning, young adults, senior adults, maybe you live alone. Listen, you need, you, you need a group. You need to find somebody else that is saying, I'm going with the Lord. And, and be encouraged to walk in a right relationship with God according to who he is. Not according to who he's not. You see, this, this group of, that would be remembered by God, they got the how right and they got the what right in their words. They got their words right in how they spoke. He says that... Uh, that they, they, they spoke with fear. He says he heard them. He paid attention to them. A book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord. Here was a group of people that would honor the Lord with their words. That would praise him and thank him and bless him and believe him and trust him. Not misrepresent him and doubt him and belittle him and turn against him. They lived with a sense of reverent fear. They got the how right in their words. But they also got the what right. It says those of those he heard and paid attention to those who feared the Lord and those who esteemed his name. Let me ask you, are you getting his name right? Do your words esteem who God is? Is he lifted high? I love the story from years ago that the a preacher from California used to tell, uh, Brother E.V. Hill. And he talked about in his uh, church, sitting on the front row, was a, in, in his words, it was a, an elderly lady. And then they, they called her, um, I, I may have the year wrong, but he says we, we, we called her like 1928 or 1918. We just called her Miss 1918 because she was born that year. And and he said when he would start preaching, his first sentence, she'd say, you better lift him up. And he'd preach a little longer and said, you better get him up. And he said, I'd go a little bit longer and she'd just louder. She'd say, you better lift him up, pastor. You better lift him up. 
And just over and over she was exhorting him as he preached to lift up the name of Jesus, to esteem the name of Jesus. And, and here you have God saying, I've found a people that have come together among you. Not only do they fear my name, but they are esteeming my name. They are lifting up my name. Here's what they were doing with their words. Listen real close. They proved they had their heart right. They proved that they had their heart right. You say, wait, I thought we were talking about words. And that's what the reality is. Our words reveal our hearts. Our words are formed first in our heart before they are formed in our mouth. A change, and listen, this morning, maybe the Spirit of God is convicting you about the things you've been saying to yourself about God. Can't trust Him. I doubt Him. He's not coming through for me. He's not working out for me. I tried living for Him. I tried serving Him. I tried going after Him. God, you failed me. God, you let me down. God, you're not faithful to me. Listen, maybe the Spirit of God would convict you this morning. And say your word issue is really a heart issue. And a change in our words happens first in our hearts. We need to ask the Lord to, to work in our heart. Listen to this phrase. They shall be mine. Those who fear me, those who esteem my name, they shall be mine. Mine. I, there, there are no bigger words written in my notes this morning. I don't think you can write them big enough. They shall be mine. Is there any better words that could ever be spoken by the God of creation toward us? They shall be mine. You shall be mine. You who fear me. You who esteem my name you're mine we speak to this book of remembrance and I can't help but think of when I read this of this book of remembrance about those who fear him and esteem him of another book a book spoken of in Revelation 21 the Lamb's book of life where the names of those who know Christ have been written for eternity Listen, our hearts, our hearts show where our names are written. Number three, their words led to his rebuke, but praise the Lord, their words also led to remembrance. And number three, and finally, their words lead to his reward. They led to his rebuke, they led to his remembrance, and they lead to his reward. Look at it. It says, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, verse 17, in the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not serve him. Those verses are great verses of hope. Great verses of hope because they promise to us not just a rebuke, but if we'll repent and return to the Lord or come to the Lord for salvation, that, that there is a reward. 
There is coming a day. And when he speaks here, he says, They shall be mine. It's forward-looking, says the Lord of hosts. In the day, that's forward-looking. It goes, it, it goes to the end day, to the day of judgment, the day that Christ returns, the day that he rules and reigns. He says, in that day, these people shall be mine. I will, they will make up my treasured possession. What a phenomenal description of God's children. They shall be mine. They shall be my treasured possession. Just let that sit with you this morning. In your house, in your car, wherever you are. That God could claim you as his own. But also claim you as his treasured possession. A few years back, about two years ago. I stood in the driveway with a family in our church whose house was burning. And one of the firemen came to them as they were knocking down the fire. And he says, we're going to be able to enter the house. And we're going to be able to get some things out before they're damaged anymore. Can you tell me where some things are that I could go in and get and bring out? My minds were racing and I watched and I listened and heard them. So one of the first things is, could you look, could you look beside the bed on the table and get my Bible? And I heard them say those words and I thought, here's a, a first thing to come out of their mouth, this treasured possession. Could you get my copy of God's word? Imagine to me, imagine with me when the fires of judgment come. And Jesus said, before the fires of judgment burns, I want to get my treasured possession out. And that would be you. Why? Because your heart is right. Your heart is righteous. See, the reward is Christ himself. The reward is being his treasured possession. And as a son is spared, he makes a promise that you would be spared. Spared from what? Spared from judgment. Spared in that day of judgment. In fact, listen. Listen to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Romans chapter 8. Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Here's what God's saying. Old Testament, I will spare you as a son. New Testament, how can I spare you as a son? Not because of our righteous deeds. We, we won't measure up. We won't, we won't get it all right. We won't be perfect. How will we be spared? We can be spared as sons because he gave up his son. 
He sent his only begotten son to die in our place so that when this day comes that Malachi speaks about and the righteous are separated from the wicked and those who serve God are separated from those who do not serve God. that You're able to be separated with those who are righteous for this reason. You have believed on Jesus. So well, I thought you were talking about words. Well, here's, here's where it meshes. Our words reveal who's in our heart. Our words reveal what we believe. Vance Havner said it so many years ago, what's in the well is what comes up in the bucket. And, when I, and, and our words reveal who we believe, what we believe, who we fear, who we esteem. And so today in closing, let me ask you. What do your words say about who you believe? What do your words say about what you believe? Do your words reveal a heart that is trusting Believing in Christ. Believing in the trueness of who God is. Maybe with me, you need to pray and say, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Maybe you realize today that your words reveal to you you need to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because there's no fear in your life of God, no reverence in your life for God, no relationship with you and God. Or maybe today you say, what I need is to return. I need to repent. Strong evidence of a believer's need to repent is that our words misrepresent who God is. Let's pray together. Father, today, would you let our hearts be right convict us of where they're wrong and Lord let our words be true let our words give you honor let our words proclaim who you are what a great name you have and Jesus we pray in your name amen